Today's show is sponsored by Brooklyn, and Brooklyn is the place to find all the comforts for your home, including ultra soft towels. Use the promo code REAL for 10% off your first order at brooklinen.com. Today's show is also sponsored by KiwiCo. KiwiCo is redefining play with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. Get 30% off your first month, plus free shipping on any crate line at kiwico.com slash real. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about exactly that every single week, real life, which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had, some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things, and maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. Um, Also, I am cracking up because a lot of you guys messaged us last week where we did a rerun and we're doing a rerun today. We kind of like to do the rerun of like our greatest hits every once in a while from episodes years ago because we have so many new listeners now. And even if you did listen to it, you might have uh, probably forgotten it. Um, but anyways, um, last I usually always record something like this that says, hey, this is a rerun. Last week I did that, but it just got mixed up in the editing. And so it never got put on there. And so we we recorded an, uh, we reran an episode from years ago, uh, I think where we were pregnant with Lucy and Alyssa was making pregnancy comments and all that. And so many of you blew us up on Instagram and whatever. Are you pregnant again? Are you pregnant? Did it slip out, et cetera? So sorry about that, guys. That was our fault. The disclaimer, I I recorded one and it was just the perfect episode for it to not be put in, which is hilarious. Um, But same thing again. We love, love, love rerunning some of kind of like what we say is the greatest hits. And we just define that based on the ones that you guys over the years just say you love and have been encouraged by back when they aired. Um, And with all the new listeners and everything, we want to let you guys uh, in on it again and see what you guys think. So without further ado, here's today's episode. What's up, guys? I'm Jeff. I'm Alyssa. Welcome to another episode of the, I almost said love the last one, the, the Real Life Podcast. Um, guys, we're really excited for this episode. This one's going to be a little different, but I hope it still feels totally on brand, per se. I don't really love that phrase. Um, but what we're going to do is that a lot of people ask us about like our tech boundaries. Uh, you know, they kind of hear in the down on Insta stories, et cetera, that I turn my phone off one day a week, a couple other things. And so... Essentially, we thought we'd dedicate a whole episode to just talking about kind of technology and our relationship with it, how we seem to cultivate it, hopefully with a healthy relationship, et cetera. Um, And so I think a really good kind of framework for this episode is we kind of have what I call the Beth Keys Tech Manifesto. And I'm I'm weird like that where um, I'm weird and annoying and strange where I literally like anything that I get really that I think is really intriguing that I want to talk about or anything I start to believe that's a high value. I like make like a document out of it. (laughs) So you don't have to do that. That's weird. That's weird. Don't do that, right? You don't have to make like a declaration of independence for like everything you believe. Um, but I do. <laughs> um, for me, it's just really helpful because I think it's like, what? You're cackling. What? Was my laugh bad? <laughs> what? Is it bad? What do I do? It's just funny. Okay. Um, I like, but essentially this but is- no, I think this is a really good topic because- um, technology has really started to affect our health, affect our marriages, affect our relationships. And so we do want to talk about it. Yeah. And he- and here's the thing, guys, if you get in the DeLorean and you go back to 1950, 1930, and you open up 
you know, a Time Magazine or something like that, you'll probably see a full page ad um, with a doctor and a white coat and a cigarette in his mouth saying that this is actually good for your health. Um, like literally Google it. You can very much find those ads and they're hilarious and kind of creepy and kind of haunting. When you actually dig down farther down the rabbit hole, you realize those actually weren't doctors at all. Those were actors. And that was basically just big marketing scheme because they can they do that. Yeah. They started to realize oh. that sick people realized cigarettes were kind of hurting them and they weren't. And we still, um, and so then they realized they had to kind of show that it was good health, you know, or in good health. Now it's interesting. And what I'm and same with coal, like guys, there's a, there's a, there's a ton of examples of things that are enormously detrimental to our health, but it takes us about 70 to 90 years to regulate it. Mm. Like that's a fascinating, like that's a concept that just plays over and over and over again. Automobiles, same thing. People like the amount of times, and if you hear the lawnmower in our side yard, it's because it is. There's, there's someone mowing the lawn right now and we're just going to keep it moving. Real life <laughs> podcast, real life podcast. I do think they actually can't hear it. So a lot of times these mic mute a little bit. Okay, I'm hoping um, so. Or the very directional. It's like literally outside our door. I know, the very directional. You might hear the buzz a little bit, but it'll go away. Um, like, guys, this principle plays out over and over and over again. And it is literally like almost science that it just, so what this, 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 this drama plays out where something new and alluring and great or something, some way that blesses us comes out. Then it has what I call the wild, wild west period for about 70 to 90 years, where Everyone just starts consuming it or enjoying it on levels that are unprecedented and they push it to its limits. Then towards its limits, maybe 30 to 50 years towards its limits, they start to show of like, oh, this is kind of not that awesome or it's awesome, but needs to be regulated or rules or laws because un <coughs> humans enjoying something like this in an environment that is unregulated just leads to destruction. And some things are actually inherently wrong. Like I don't think cigarettes lead to any health benefits. Um, and some are like just are good, but need to be regulated and are bad if they're not. So, and automobiles are a great example again, guys, um, where automobiles, like the amount of crashes and deaths that happen via automobile for the first, whatever, 50 years of the automobile versus the last 20 because of regulation is it's because of the regulation that no one dies. Like them, it's crazy. The mm -hmm. amount, what regulation has actually done for kind of, um, deaths via vehicle, but, um, all I'm saying with that is I think technology is 100% in that category mm -hmm. and not just technology because technology has been around for thousands of years. I mean, specifically with like smartphone, social media, hyper-connectivity, internet. internet that we've been mm -hmm. in, that we've been in for about 15 to 20 years. And then in a second phase, about 11 years with the smartphone, 2007, uh, Steve Jobs and the iPhone release. So I think it's starting to show baby fruit of like, oh, this isn't super giving us what we want it to give us. But I, I still think it'll be a couple decades before we get serious Definitely. about regulating it. And so here's what I'm saying. Like, you got to do it yourself then. You got to self-regulate because I think we're seeing, I'm already seeing the writing on the wall. I think there's mm -hmm. a lot of data to show this, mm -hmm. et cetera. Now it's great, but it needs to be regulated. It needs to be in its proper place. Um, What's it, some of the writing on the wall you've seen? Well, that's what we'll get into. Oh, That's okay. what we'll get into. But I think, yeah, the auto, like there's just too many examples, guys, of the exact same thing happening with innovation, right? Coal, the, like we got very good at extracting things from the earth. And then we started to realize like, oh, this is actually destroying the earth and it's actually killing us when we breathe it. Mm -hmm. Automobiles. Oh, we can, we can proliferate ourselves from not having to walk everywhere or hop on a horse. Oh, but where these things are insane tools that can smash into each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cigarettes like these kill us. Cocaine used to be put in actual medicine. Like you can go on and on and on, right? Like we, this is just how it operates. Like you, something gives blessing and benefit. We do it for a little bit. Then we realize it's ramifications. I think tech is in the middle of that right now, specifically smartphone, internet era. So we're going to talk about that. We're just going to kind of go through point by point our tech manifesto. 
And it literally is nothing crazy. It's just like a little iPhone dock I had that I started writing in, I think a bit ago. And it just is kind of like ways that we have guiding principles about how we'll use tech. And we kind of do what I call the 80% rule. Or maybe it's probably, I'd probably say we actually accurately do it maybe 95% of the time. We don't shoot for 100. I think if you shoot for 100, you like make all these rules and we're going to not do this and do this. Then like, that usually just leads to like a weird kind of like just it, your heart doesn't flourish in that. Yeah. So I kind of say like, no, we're shooting for like I put it on paper, like we're shooting for 95 percent. If we do these rules 95 percent of the time and 5 percent of the time we fudge or we mess up, I still deeply believe 95 out of 100 times doing it will deeply form us and deeply change us. So I'm OK shooting 95 out of 100. Doesn't even be perfect because mm-hmm. um, I think that'll radically change us even if we do 95. So. We're just going to kind of go through it. I have this little sentence at the top that says the Beth Keys Tech Manifesto. And it says, if we don't shape spaces intentionally or shape our relationship with technology intentionally, then technology and screens will shape us unintentionally, but not for the better. And that's essentially what this is. I, I Guys, mm-hmm. smartphones, Facebook, social media, it's too powerful of a tool. It's too huge of a corporation. Here, here's a crazy thing, guys. There's never been a time in history where about 40 guys, probably 30 to 40 years old in an, in a couple offices in California, make decisions that'll affect about 2 billion people. There's never been a, there's been times that have been close with certain other innovations. There's never been a time where that proportion has been that stark. So I'm saying there's, there's really only a there's only a couple dozen high level engineers and executives that are making decisions right now that are literally affecting like a quarter of the earth. Yeah. That power is absurd, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have to ask, hey, what's their motivation? Because if their motivation doesn't match with my motivation, then I need to make sure their motivation doesn't win. Like, what are they trying to do to me? What's their motivation? Is it to help me? Well, probably not. I don't think I would say it's probably profit and margin. So then you have to have kind of your own motivation, which I would, that's mm-hmm. basically if you don't, like they're already doing that. Like Silicon Valley has a mission statement. Silicon Valley has a mission. Silicon Valley has a vision for how they want the world to look. Sil- <coughs> Silicon Valley has... Um, yeah, a vision for the future of the world. And so if you don't have a competing vision, yeah. a competing mission that sometimes overlaps and is the same, um, but sometimes isn't, then I think you just, you lose. You start losing. Well, and even Jeff's told me, even like <coughs> Steve Jobs and some of the other guys have like... Um, he, you, he spoke in the present tense. He did pass away, but yeah. <laughs> in the past. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, not let their kids, what, be on the iPad? Yeah, Steve Jobs had a rule where his kids couldn't have iPads, yeah. and, and which is like, dude, this is the inventor of the iPad. And so you have to, when you realize that, then you have to say, okay, there is a mission. It probably is for profit. Yeah. And so what is our mission going to be as a family or as a human being when I intake this stuff? Totally. And I think, like, I kind of, it's this phrase I say, you're closer to this, like, it's And there's inter- kind of a red flag if yeah. you're not letting your kids do it. Well, if the invent, like, and here's why, because he knew. He was closer to the sun. The inventor of it knows how addictive it is. Mm -hmm. And so he's like 50 years ahead of us. That's what I'm saying. Like he, he, and I'm not saying just throw him in the trash. We have, I'm like a tech head. I have all the tech. Maybe that's why I do think through it more particularly because I want to make sure it stays in its place. Yeah. But we have a lot. So we love tech. It's, it's a great tool. It's, it's, it's like anything good, right? Like I would say. I mean, it's our job. Well, that too, but I would say like (laughs) sex or food or whatever, like anything that has a heightened level of Mm -hmm. blessing and giftedness also needs to be kind of have a heightened level of like restriction. Like it has its proper place or it can destroy. Or boundaries. Boundaries, yeah, yeah. or it can destroy. <clears throat> um, one of the funniest things guys I ever heard, which is also crazy convicting, is um, all those Silicon Valley's companies, you know, social media, Apple, the hardware, the software, the social media companies, et cetera. They all call, like the word for us is users, mm-hmm. right? Like they're like, oh, we have, you know, 1 billion users on Facebook. Now we have, 
And I, it's really fascinating that I heard this. They said, someone said, do you realize that the only people in history of humankind that call their customers users is Silicon Valley people and drug dealers? Hmm. That's kind of crazy that those that like drug dealers call their people users. People that drop buy from drug dealers are called users. And the only other people that call their customers users is technology companies. That's crazy. Everyone else calls them customers or whatever, yeah. right? It's really interesting. Um, okay, so let's just get into it. We're just going to kind of go one by one. We can kind of rant about it, talk about it. The first one is um, our fam. So it's our family will, and then we have like four or five points. Our family will elevate creation over consumption. As image bearers, we are meant to create. We get life and joy and are invigorated through creating, drawing, cooking, learning, and writing, etc. <clears throat> and so we always need to check our hearts and take habit audits every once in a while to ensure we are creating more than we are consuming. You want to talk about that one? You want me to? No, you go for it. <laughs> I think that one's pretty self-explanatory, guys. But one thing that technology is doing, guys, is it's, it's getting out of balance the creation versus consumption scale. Mm -hmm. We need to consume. We need to consume food and energy and insight and knowledge. Um, but we also need to, it's kind of like an input output thing. We have like, you need to have input, but you need to have output. And I think as image bearers, we get fulfilled, we get sharpened, we live in more dignity and are feeling more dignified and more worth. If we are just creating and not creating so you can sell it on Etsy and not creating, like that's fine if you do, but I just think creating for creating's sake. Yeah. Like if you can draw, then draw. If you can cook, then cook. If you practice medicine, then practice medicine and bring glory to God by, you know, bringing in the new city and the new Jerusalem here in the present um, of order out of chaos. But I think the balance, the scale is getting tipped on an insane level Definitely. where technology is just, we are, we are hundred percent consumers. Mm -hmm. Everything is about consumption. It's training us for consumption. It's teaching us to consume. Mm -hmm. We no longer even, even children are no longer even, like 100 years ago, they were, you needed them to work the crops. Now you have children and you just see them as, you see them as consumption machines. Like you like, oh, I don't want to have another kid because they're just going to drain on the resources, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it's okay if you don't want to have another kid, but I think you have to just ask for the right reason, right? Everything is about consumption. It's about what can they, yeah. what can I take from the pie? Um, so we take information, we take relationships, we take everything. Mm -hmm. um, we watch, we consume on Netflix and this, etc. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just think, I just think we have. It's. I think I see it as a scale. Like it's, it's really out of balance. And that one, it's not like we don't consume, but it needs to really be put in its place. Hey, what's up, guys? Want to take a quick break to about one of this week's sponsors, and that is Brooklyn. And now you've heard us talk about them before. One of the longest-standing sponsors on our sh on our show. They like to say they're the home of the internet's favorite sheets. But they've even uh, um, added on towels now, and we literally just got them in the mail to check them out last week. We love them so soft. I almost didn't want to wash them because they were just so perfect and so soft. But don't worry. After we wash them, they still stayed that way as well. So I don't know about you guys, but we, me and Alyssa love the little things throughout the day that just give us a little bit of excellence or a little bit of fun or something that just is awesome. And their towels are one of them. So again, if you've been looking for ways to turn your bathroom into just uh, level it up, make it have these fun little elements of excellence that people will talk about when they come over, etc. Brooklyn and towels have been helping us do that same thing. So Brooklyn is the perfect place to find all the comforts for your home, including ultra soft towels. They're so confident in their product, by the way, that everything comes with a lifetime warranty. Use promo code real for 10% off your first order at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com promo code real. Again, Brooklyn and everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Anything? Yeah. And I think just on a personal level, um, I know the times in my heart when I go on Instagram and I kind of just 
usually when I want to consume, it's when I want to numb out. Mm. Like today was a hard day or I'm just really exhausted and I have no energy to do anything else. And I just want to like consume. And I never come away feeling filled up. I never come away feeling like, oh, that was a really good like half hour spent on my phone. But when I go on social media or if I go on Instagram and be like, oh, I want to see what's going on and I respond to people and I, or I want to post something, then I feel like even though in a way I'm consuming, it's still like a really healthy level. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's just, you need to check your heart with it. And then I think sometimes, you know, the most restful thing we can do is when we do create, like when we sit down and I do a craft or if I bake something, yeah. whatever is really kind of therapeutic to you or fills you up. I think it's just having those checkpoints in your heart like, okay, am I, why am I doing this right yeah. now? Am I getting filled up? Am I just yeah. consuming for consuming sake and feeling drained and empty after? Or if I'm, um, you know, just needing to rest? Because sometimes I feel like, like you could say maybe, maybe you could say reading is consumption, but that's like a different. It's 100% like the brain, like, yeah, the brain activity there is one totally different. But it's different. different because when you're reading, you're like having to work. Yeah. Right. Well, here's what I would say. Reading, it is consumption, but there's different levels of consumption also, right? So reading is broccoli, social media is M&Ms. Yeah. Right. That's like one will kill you and (laughs) taste good and one will actually fortify you and make you stronger so that you can go create better. Boom. Ooh, that was good. I'm going to put that in the next book. So anyway, that's just um, what I think of when you talk about number one. Totally. That's really good. Okay. The second one is, and again, guys, I want to be so, so clear dire, insanely clear that this is just ours and we want it to be like a springboard. So don't have to adopt it. You don't even have to do it. We just want it to spur conversations. Like, mm-hmm. And some of our rules will not be your rules. Yeah. They will or not be your rules. Just to get so you guys you thinking that. of like, wow, how much time am I on technology? Yeah. How is it affecting my life? Is it good? Is it bad? Totally. What are maybe some boundaries I need to set up for it? Totally. So the second one is active. Our family will actively resist the speed and connected nature of our culture at particular points or moments in our weeks and lives. And then parentheses, our examples of this are turning our phones off once a week, no phones in the bedroom, no screen time for the kids, et cetera. So we'll get into some of those more in a little bit later, but essentially I wanna talk about just the speed. So there is a there is a speed at which the internet, it, like it's, like we get annoyed a lot quicker now. That's just, mm. that, that's actually scientific data. And like our attention span is actually shorter now. That's actually scientifically proven data now. So like the speed of the culture is actually creating new humans. Like we're creating new versions of ourselves via the things that we worship and give our attention to, which that scripture has been saying that for thousands of years. What you worship, you become like God says. And he goes, and that thing's a piece of wood. That thing's a piece of silver. Like, why do you actually give your life to that thing? And again, it might not be wood, but the iPhone sure looks like a lot of silver. Um, boom. Um, no, I'm convicting myself. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the speed. So like, remember, remember when like in the 90s when AOL with like 56K dial-up modem would be like, and it would take like 10 hours to get online and the thing was a slug, but you had no context. That was great. Yeah. Now, if the internet was like, if the internet is not like one terabyte per second (laughs) and it's not Google Fiber, I die, right? (laughs) But again, there actually is some provenness. Or if my screen freezes on my phone. Totally. And here's why, guys, because there is a lot of parts in our brain that activate in the same area, again, as any type of, chemical addiction. So this is more of a behavioral addiction, I would say, is what uh, psychologists call it. It's not a chemical addiction, but there is chemical relatedness. And the same part that lights up in the brain during a chemical addiction, whether that's alcohol or drugs or gambling, I think, or no, gambling's behavioral. Um, The same part kind of lights up with behavioral addictions. And so it's kind of has the same, it's the same monster in some sense. And one of the monsters that's very clear in chemical addiction 
is you just always need a little bit more mm. and a little bit quicker and a little bit bigger. And a, and so that spirit is very much in, in like the same addiction as these. And, and, and you have to actively resist because again, there's people, there's engineers that say, make it this color, do this thing. They do uh, apply this psychological trick. Like guys, they are studying because they can make billions of dollars. They are studying the brain mm-hmm. and they are doing their best at capturing us, right? I heard one guy who actually used to work for Google and has left to kind of, um, like he got so convicted and kind of left to almost kind of go against the man and say basically like, hey, we need to set some boundaries, we need to set some rules. And he was a high level engineer there. And he's been interviewed on 60 Minutes and Incredible. He has this phrase where he goes, Silicon Valley is essentially a race to the bottom of the brainstem. And I feel like that was such a picture that we are racing to get down to our most primal, like because people make money off of it. People are racing to get down to the most primal level of our reactionary selves, because if they can tap into that, they make more money, mm. right? We, we, we click quicker, we go quicker, we watch quicker, we pull out quicker, et cetera. So um, pull out the phones quicker. And so, yeah, I just think the speed one is you gotta like, and so we make practical rules to resist the speed. And I know John Mark, you guys will probably hear his interview. He type like, like there's really fun, creative ways you can almost gamify it of like get in the slow line lane, right? <laughs> At the grocery store. For me, I like... Don't bring your phone into the grocery store yeah, so you have to wait in line totally. in the uncomfortable silence. Yeah, or like for me, the car is a really good one of just drive slow, yeah. turn off the music sometimes. Um, don't fill up all your margins. There's so much yeah. margin space of like I'm walking here, I'm in the line, I'm in the car, I'm at a stoplight. Try to try to take those back and make them slow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a speed thing. So I just think like slowing. Well, I think that's the, um, I don't even know what you call it, the theos or whatever of our culture is that like every margin. Tell us. Tell us thank you. <laughs> every margin needs to be filled up. You need mm-hmm. to be productive. You need to consume. Yeah, it's actually a value. Like it's you actually need to do value. it or else you're wasting your life. That's and it wasn't until a couple, I don't know, a month ago or a couple weeks ago that I was like, wait, this is not what God wants for us. Mm-hmm. God never said to be producing and consuming every minute of my day. And I think it's just so in our culture, we don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's good to put your phone away at dinner. It's good to walk in the grocery store without a phone or to not look on to delete your Instagram or your social media while you're doing certain things to put it away and to have space, like have silence, have time for your mind and your body to rest. Even if you're driving in traffic, if you're not on your phone, you're resting in a different way. Like you don't always have to be listening to a podcast or be, you know, consuming all these things. Like you can have moments where it's just silent totally or you pray or the lord speaks to you or these things these margins need to be reclaimed i would say totally um and then the next one's kind of longer but i'll read it and then we'll talk about it and this number three is our family will shape space intentionally we're huge about this um Mm -hmm. a tv in every bedroom or smartphones on our nightstands when we sleep shape us and form us as humans whether we realize it or not how we shape our spaces matter. We need to constantly ask what matters to us. What do we want to be at the center? What do we want our focus to be on? And we want to shape the house around that. This is why we only have one TV, no cable, and that TV hides in a bookshelf and our family mission and vision shows instead. It's why books are everywhere in our house and always within reach, the coffee table, the side table, the shelves, the kitchen, the office. And it's why crayons and Legos aren't in the toy room hidden away, but right in the middle of our living room. And it's why a piano is next to the kitchen. So again, this is kind of the creation consumption conversation, but it's more about shaping your space. Yeah. Like I don't think people realize, again, how much we let some very large companies or just cultural norms Mm -hmm. shape our space. Your home, your dorm room, your whatever, your apartment is a deeply sacred place and how you shape it, Mm -hmm. 
meaning like how you set it up, what it points towards, what the focal point is, will set the tone. And that's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, that's just truth. I think we, again, we- Or we, what you fall into. Yeah, or what you mm-hmm. fall into most. So for us, like I, you know, I'm not, we're not going to be the house that has a TV in every bedroom. We're not going to be a house. And I do also think like if you're a millennial, by the way, like that's not really even an issue anymore. I think sometimes, sometimes I think people, I think sometimes people our age really harp against TV of like, you know, when it's like in reality- your phone. When it's like, yeah, it's reality. Yeah. We don't have any TVs, but we're on Facebook for nine hours, right? right. And it's like, yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah. So I think we, I think it's a little shifted a little bit. So it's the same thing with screens. Like we don't put any, like there's no computers or laptops like around a ton. Those are in the office for working. Our screens, like we have a cabinet that like the iPad stays in there and charges in there. And the iPhone, my iPhone stays in there and charges in there. And I'll pull it out to play music or I'll be texting or it'll be in the living room, whatever. I'm just saying shape the space. Mm-hmm. And they've actually, dude, guys, there's crazy crazy tests on this one where they have actually given tests to people just like tests of cognitive ability you know do this or do that or you know what is this number whatever and they've taken the test scored x and then just simply put a phone on the desk next to them had them take the same test they got worse on the test really just with the phone present totally there's a level of low grade subconscious anxiety that's in us we we, we might we you don't i don't care if you believe it the, the tests show it's there yeah um and so, yeah, and so all that stuff. So I think just shape space intentionally. And like the ones we kind of said, like this is really important to us. So like if you come in our house, there's no, not only we, we only have one TV, but if you come in our house, you wouldn't know that. Like there's no TV visible. It is hidden in a cabinet and I put it on this like elevator lift thing. But when it's down, our mission and vision is the focal point of the living room. Mm-hmm. And it's this thing I wrote up that you guys have maybe seen or heard us talk about. There's a piano in the living room, um, which we don't even play. Which but, we don't play. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Like, I'll poke around on it sometimes yeah. in seasons of like watching fun iPad videos. The kids will poke around on it. One of my favorite things is when people come over that know how to play, they'll sit on it and start playing. It invites a different type of dynamic, right? Even yeah. though we don't even play it that much. And so I think, but it's cool because that shows us you really... Just whatever, like, what are the focal points? What is the, here's the best way to put it. I think Andy Crouch talks about this. Put technology at the fringe of your house, not the center. Mm. Put it at the outskirts. It, you need it in your house and you need to have it to function, et cetera. Put it on the fringe, not the center. Put creation at the center, mm-hmm. right? Or re, like re, the, the broccoli version of consumption, like reading, et cetera. And when same thing I will, with, oh, go ahead. I was going to say just last thing. Same thing with like toys and with the kids. Like, um, like, I actually don't love, I don't really want a toy room in our house. Like some people, and that's fine if you do, like go let the kids have their cool, creative, imaginative space. But for me, I purposely wanted to create a space like a Lego table where they're like right next to me. Like I'm reading a book and they're right there. And so again, it's that there's not one right or the wrong. It's just like, that's my personal preference. So we shaped our space mm-hmm. around that. And so our little kid's Lego table is right in the living room. Um, and so they can kind of be playing while I'm reading or like, and it's, again, there, there's this muscle of creation versus consumption. Yeah. yeah, I would just say, like, I don't know how many hundreds of years ago before the TV was, well, that wasn't 100. But, you know, before the TV even came to be, what was at the center of everyone's home was a fireplace. And so you would sit around the fireplace at night after dinner. You would talk. Mm. You would crochet. You would read. Music, yeah. You would play a game. Like, even when we watch, like, BBC shows or whatever, that's what they do. And so then when... The TV came to be, it suddenly became the focal point of a house. And did you just pull a Jeff Bethke and bring in all this like historical, awesome, like comparative? Like, that was legit. I've done some research. That was legit. That was fire. More like, on like the interior design aspect. I like that, babe. I like that. And so I think it's just realizing that the TV has not always been at the center. And is the TV at the center of your home? And is there, does it affect you? Is that what you, I think when it is at the center of the home, then when you have 
rest time, you immediately just turn it on instead of like having a cabinet for it or putting it away somewhere or having to pull something out. It's just an extra step. Then you, if it is an extra step, then you kind of think about it like, oh, do Mm -hmm. I want to watch a show tonight or would I rather read or would I rather craft or would I rather whatever? And so I think it's just having that, that like intentionality in your home of how you want to set it up. And then I will say too, just a little, um, just to go off of what you were saying about the phone, I've noticed in my heart that when my phone is near me, I, I have this like, I, and it's on silent. It doesn't even buzz, but it's like I, I feel buzzy mm. and I feel anxious and well, I'm like, oh, I, mean, I, I wonder. I, hon- I honestly feel like that's that Psalm verse about idolatry of like that, that at which you worship, you become like, and again, mm. not like that strong for us, but I think all of us, like it's, it's weird. You become like, you become <laughs> the phone vibrates. You start vibrating. Like, but it's the thing weird, is my phone doesn't even vibrate. Why no? But I just, it's, yeah. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I feel even with, I have it right here next to me right now because, um, my parents are watching the kids just in case that they need to contact me. I feel a little like just not fully present, not fully here because I'm like, Oh, I wonder if they're going to text me or, you know, when Jeff is gone, I have my phone on with me. Like, Oh, I wonder, it's just like this constant little thing. Totally. Hey guys, I want to take a break to tell you about one of the sweet sponsors again. And that is KiwiCo. You know, we love KiwiCo, you guys. You might feel like your kid's summer's vacation started way too early with all this craziness going on. Uh, Some of us are back to school. Some of us are still on summer vacation. Wherever you're at, um, the cool part is KiwiCo wants to meet you there. So again, believe it or not, a lot of kids are missing school right now. And some of the cool part elements of education that come with that, um, whether it's summer break or whether it's virtual learning. And so KiwiCo steps in the gap in a really cool hands-on way that we absolutely love. It's basically like a little science fair or art class in a box. And you guys, our kids absolutely love them. I think one of these last fun ones that Kinsley learned was this cool science one with ice and food coloring and what floats and why things float and why they don't and densities. It was amazing. And our kids love it. It's one of those things where I love it, actually. Let's be honest. So again, they get super cool hands-on science and art projects delivered to their door every month. I don't know about you, but what kid doesn't love that? What parent doesn't love that? You'll see, be surprised too at the high quality materials that they use. And there's real engineering science and art projects in there. So again, it, it helps you foster in your kids creativity, tinkering, art, and science as well. So there's different crates for each kids of all ages. And there's something for every kid on the list. I know for us, we've gotten different age ones for all of our kids. So they're redefining play with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid or kid at heart at KiwiCo. So get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line at kiwico.com slash real. That's K-I-W-I-C-O.com slash real. But I've noticed that when I actually put my phone in a cabinet, when I put it in a room and I leave it there and then I go out and I'm with the kids or I'm doing my things I need to do during the day, I have so much more peace and my anxiety, I, my anxiety level is way, way down because I'm just fully present yeah. and I'm fully there and I'm not concerned if someone is trying to get a hold of me. And I think that's the thing too. Our culture thinks we believe that we need to be available. I don't know if we've talked about this no, yet. Yeah. We need to always be available. And that wasn't always the case. Like back when we had phones in our home, if you weren't home, then you're you like, just, oh, dang, I'll just call you back just later. missed it, yeah. you know? And so I think we need to allow ourselves to have permission to not always be be available, to be unavailable, to turn off your phone, to put it away, to say from this, these hours, you know, I'm not going to check it or I'm not going to look at it. And the way I work, my personality and my kids, it's um, most of the time when I'm with the kids during the morning, I have to put my phone away. I'm not the type of person that can like do both. And I feel like when I actually do put it away, 
my morning with the kids is so much better. Even if it's a hard morning and there's tantrums and discipline, you're more anchored. You're I'm more, more anchored. Yeah. I'm more at peace. I can be fully present and give myself fully to them. Um, and obviously, sometimes that's just not realistic. Sometimes we need to make phone calls totally. to people or be available for certain things. But just to have that like, oh, I can do this. Yep. Like this is, oh, I do feel anxious when my phone is with yeah. me. I can put it away. I can turn it off. I can delete my Instagram for a day. Mm-hmm. Um, allowing yourself to do that and try it out and see if it brings more peace. See if there's like this thing in your heart where you're like, oh, I keep wanting to check my phone. Or yeah. Like if that's the case, then, oh, I think I need to set up some boundaries. Yeah. I think I need to delete something. And the funny thing is when, because this was totally me and I was, I felt really addicted to Instagram um, for a while. And just lately I've been like, oh, I'm going to delete it on certain days or not. I set a timer on my phone. Well, the cool part is it's never um, forever. Like you do it. It's, I think we, we in, a, in when we're really immature in thought, not always, like it, sometimes this is even a mature thought, but I think sometimes when we're first having these thoughts, we just, just take the phone and chuck it out the window and Instagram <laughs> yeah. never. And it's like, no, we, you, you, you like, you oh, I'm just going to delete it. it today and I'll I put it back felt, on tomorrow or I'll delete it there. Yeah. I'll do, yeah. I felt like I needed a reset because I knew my heart had yeah. this unhealthy affection for my phone, yeah. that addiction that wasn't what the Lord wanted for yeah. me. And it was bringing a lot of anxiety. Well, I think even that reset is a good thing. So one thing that we do, um, and again, it comes down to like, what do you need? I don't think Alyssa needs this. So Alyssa doesn't do it. But like for me, once a week, on our Shabbat, on our Sabbath, so Friday night, Saturday night, I turn off my phone. Like it gets turned off. Mm-hmm. And and what's funny is people act like that's crazy radical. When I'm like, you do realize pretty much every human in civilization before like 60 years ago just was like that normally. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> yeah. Unreachable. Entirely. Forever. <laughs> like, um, that's just crazy. But yeah, so like people act like it's like, no, it's, but for me, that's a really good, it's, it, it, it's a full 24-hour cycle where it is off. Technology is off. My computer is off. My email is off. My phone is off. You can't text me. You can't call me. You cannot te- DM me. You can't tweet me. And for me, it's like it acts as a reset, like a reboot. Mm-hmm. I feel like I almost kind of gather like internet plaque for out throughout the week. Yeah. And then it's like a hard teeth brushing of like just restart. Like I need to like I need. And it feels like that. It feels like, ah. Oh. And then when on Sunday comes, I feel like I, I enter back every time Sunday comes or Saturday when I turn it back on later in the day, it feels like a... Like, a, like, I feel like I have a renewed relationship with the tech again. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. I can just, I, I'm more objective. I can t- use it. I can text people back. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So again, it's just to each his own, but. And for me, I don't feel like I've turned off my phone, but I've felt the need to delete my Instagram for on, the day. On Sabbath. Totally. So it's like, do whatever you, so whatever really fills good. you. Yeah. I would, I would say, I do think, don't let yourself make excuses by things that are so rarely possible. I think sometimes people are like, well, what if someone dies and what if they need to call you? What if there's an emergency? Then let, let there be an emergency. I don't know. Like, just like, <laughs> let it happen. Like, what do you mean? Like, again, before 10 years ago, you were not that reachable. Like if an emergency happened 10 years ago, like they had to call your landline. What if you were at the grocery store? Oh my goodness. What would you have done during an emergency? Like, I'm just saying like, like it was just, <laughs> I think we act like the, the new normal is not, is like, so not normal. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and it's like, kind of like a shark attack can happen in the ocean too, but you still go swimming. Um, well, I don't go as far And there's anymore. some people where this is not the thing. I don't go out like, when it storms. Totally. I know some people <laughs> whose jobs, they have to be on call. And I know some people who maybe have an elderly person or a mom that like can fall at any minute and get hurt. That's different. Or you may go into labor anymore. Totally. Moment, keep so your, you phone to keep on, your phone on, 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 on. Like that's not what we're saying. Like that's, it's got to be um, for you. But like a college student and like, yeah, turn it off. Um, okay. These two are kind of combined and we'll kind of finish quick. So the, our family will, and then number four is not have screen time whatsoever for the kids. No iPads, no phones. They don't, 
They um, won't play games on them. They won't watch movies on them. And we'll talk, we'll expand on these and give some nuance. And they are never allowed to have the devices by themselves. At the toddler age, we just don't think it's really necessary. Maybe when they're older, we will use them for educational purposes and other reasons. And then we say one main exception to this rule, which this will be the nuance actually. So we'll talk about this is, so we basically do have a no screen policy. That's like, and I, I don't think I ever want to budge on that of saying like, oh, we kind of have a half and half or this. No, like at least now, at least while they're toddlers, it is unnecessary for our stage and our season, not you. Like you might be totally, like if you're a mom and you got four kids and dad's working a ton out of the home and you need to maybe cook, like use it, do your thing. Like it's a tool, use the tool for what it is, which is a really good tool. Um, but for us, we just realized, okay, we can actually get by with basically no screen time with three hard exceptions. And that is travel, sickness, and what I call treats. So travel, like when we travel, I don't care, like watch 17 movies and just binge. Kinsley, just binge, binge just watch them all. Like travel, like we are gonna make this a day that is awesome of, uh, and like where I don't feel like we all die. So you watch the movie. <laughs> Sickness, like man, I can't, yeah, turn on a movie, man. I'm about to throw up, okay? And then treats, <laughs> treats. I feel like we use, uh, we and this is a fun one. And it's I, a family experience, and you, love it. And I think that's the best word for it. Mm -hmm. For us, like we still do watch movies and that's number five, which I want, that's why I said we'll combine these two. Number five is we are a family that loves film and storytelling and we are story creatures. It's in our bones. It's how humans learn and speak and empathize. And film has a really beautiful, unique way to do that. So we use film to bond as a family on special occasions, whether it's nostalgic movies from our childhood to show the kids or new movies we watch together or ones with a good point, we do it together. And one huge rule with this one is, and this is true and we've never, no one ever gets to watch a movie by themselves in the corner of the house while the rest of the family is doing something else. Stories are communal. And so those all go hand in hand. So like our treats exception is like, you want, at least for us, we want screen time. Well, first of all, like they never get the iPad and iPhone. Like that's unless in rare occasions, like, but we do watch movies. Um, and for us, that is like, it's a treat and we always want it to be a treat. So if we ever feel like we're getting in a season where the kids ex there's treat versus expectation or expect yeah. like, you know, those are very different things. It's like, no, you know, this is like a daddy's giving you a fun little blessing right now and let's all watch it. And again, for us, like I've actually really thought hard about with our philosophy, like I've actually thought hard, man, like I really want to try to live without a TV. I want to get rid of it. But, but then two things. One, I feel like hospitality, like we watch a lot of sports. We have people over for barbecue, stuff like that. It's a really good way to love our neighbors. And then two, like I just love story and film. And I feel like I want to use that as the, I want to be the father of the home who intentionally uses film to have communal experiences together as a family. And you can do that on your computer too or whatever, but that's the two reasons we kept it. And so, yeah, so it's treats. So it's like, oh, you know what? Kind of like we talked about with the power of moments, guys. Like remember a couple weeks ago, for us, like a breaking the script moment is let's watch a movie at 10 a.m. And we've done that a couple times. Like let's watch a movie and they love it. Like it is, they love it and they talk about it for a month. It's like the sweetest. And I feel like you just know in your own child's heart of like, man, that was a treat and they feel so blessed right now mm -hmm. versus like, oh, I should get this every day or whatever yeah. like that. And so, mm -hmm. so yeah, so for us, but again, when they're older, that'll totally change. Like, you know, I want, I want, I even, I even feel like I want kids when they're older to start teaching them the craft of photography and Lightroom and Photoshop and all that. So it's, it's totally like different stages and seasons. But for us, I think we have a pretty hard, no screen rule and unless it's communal. And I think that's big. I think like, cause we don't want just a kid watching something by himself, but it's like, oh, we are experiencing this story. Now let's talk about the story. Let's enter into the story. Would you add anything on that one? 
No, I mean, I think that's the main thing. And I think it's just that there's been so much research on how important it is for kids to create, to play, to read. Yeah, leave space for imaginative so, play. Their, um, their, their brains are really malleable and plastic or plasticity of the brain when they're young. Yeah, and so, yeah. so the phone <clears throat> and shows aren't really good for the brain, especially two and under. Um, Look at you. You're coming out with this fire research. That's I mean, that's tr- some like mom research I know, right that's, the, that's the true data though. That is true. <laughs> Um, and so we really tried to, and honestly, as a mom, if we have a family experience where we watch a show, it's so good. But if I'm just like putting on a show because, or we're watching TV a lot more than normal or whatever it is, I see a shift in my kids and me where we're just more grumpy or they're Mm -hmm. more discontent or they're not loving each other as much or we're fighting more or I don't know. And so... Um, it kind of like shows itself. Like we've, we, we've seen yeah. the fruit. We, oh, yeah. Nope. New rule. <laughs> and so then I'm like, okay, this is not healthy for us. And so even sometimes if we're like, and you know, obviously there's exceptions when we're sick or we're not totally. feeling well or if there's a family experience. But if I'm just kind of turning towards it more than normal and I see that, I'm like, okay, we need to shut it off and we need to have some creative play or reading time. And a lot of the times that's like so much more feeling and I see yeah. a change in them as a mom. And so um, that was kind of a little bit of our heart behind it too. Totally. That's so good. So, um, and then we'll just end with this guys. I kind of, so those are like our five kind of bullet or our five kind of like pillars or our five ways that we really try to think about how we set up the home, how we set up our marriage, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're young, whether you're old, just think intentionally. I think you should have some kind of vision about that. Do it differently. If you're really creative, if you're like, just like, oh, I'm just gonna have a couple thoughts about it, whatever. But, but then I end with kind of like what I call kind of the rapid fire quick things, kind of our quick rules. And I'll just read all these off real quick. So the first one is we do this thing called the one, one, one rule, um, or that's more with me with the Sabbath, where basically I try, and again, 95% of the time, I try to keep my phone off for one hour per day, um, one day a week, and then one week a year. And so the one day, the one hour a day, that's usually I try to not look at it first thing in the morning and get some reading in. Now, I don't always fulfill that, but I, but I, it's one of those things where, man, every time you do it, you're like, yes, this, is how, this sets me up so well for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and one really good tip for that, I would say, guys, is my phone gets turned off and gets put in my office every night. Like it's, it's not, I don't have the temptation to wake up and reach. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and then one day a week, we talked about that. And then one week a year, I think, yeah, like getting a, like an actual like vacation or sabbatical where your phone is off, deeply, deeply important. Um, two, no phones in the bedroom. Alyssa brings hers in from time to time again. But again, this is about like the need of each person. We don't yeah. like these flex. And for me, I just reach and grab. And I, or I mean, I wake up and grab and Alyssa wakes up and wants to go talk to the Lord for five hours, even though the phone's right there. So like, you know, so it's no phone in the bedroom for me. Um, watch or use or engage with stuff that fulfills Philippians 4, 8, which is whatever is good, whatever is holy, whatever is beautiful, you know, like put, make your mind dwell on those things. And I think a lot with the internet, we just dwell on such subpar stuff. Um, Phone always stays in the car or on airplane mode or put away when it's special social gatherings. So yes. date nights, dinner with friends, small group. And I'm really, this one's really important to me. Like, and maybe I'm hypersensitive about then with like when I see it, but just like, yeah, like it does not ever, ever come in to any, uh, any dinner with friends. Like it stays in the car every time. Like if it's a Christmas party, if it's a dinner with just one couple, if it's a date night with just us, like it's, I'm not touching that. It's not even in my pocket. Um, I also, and I also eternally put my phone on do not disturb. So you can ne- my phone will never yes, ring or never vibrate or never light up, which means I'm in control of when I go look mm-hmm. at it, not the buzz gets my control. Yeah. So that's another interesting, uh, don't start or end the day with the phone. So that's also kind of like, we try to turn it off a little bit before we go to bed, maybe read, maybe talk. Number six is, this is funny. Realize how ridiculous and funny it is that we tap and swipe a little piece of glass, uh, a little glass rectangle all day. I just think it's like, 
just put the perspective in. Like this is just a literally some it's something that someone made and it's like this little glass rectangle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we spend all our time on it. And then uh, no phones or devices ever at the table. Yeah. So And I will just say um Yeah, I, I kind of want to read it, then you can pop into any of those or say whatever. Yeah, well, I know we're wrapping up, but I just wanted to end real quick with you know, when we first got married, the phone was a really big deal in our marriage and because and, and we had to learn I, you do, you take it. Can I say it? I was gonna say, well, no, I want you to say. It. I just, I, I wanted to just say it's. No, I was coming. gonna say I was really bad Jeff, at it. Yeah, Jeff, coming from this, he was really bad at it. And on it, let me. I was on was, it all the time. He I, has it was my a, work. I didn't know what was on. I didn't know what was off. I was because re- you know social media. Like our, this is our work, but I didn't know like I'd have boundaries, so I'm on it all the time, and it's taking my attention. It's taking my. Um, heart in some sense it's like it's like it's all i'm looking at yeah you keep talking about it but i just want to let you say you even, can say it all even pre this is what our job was jeff just has more of an addictive personality and so even when we were dating it was like constantly on him and mm-hmm. he he wanted to be notified for every instagram every facebook every twitter tweet yeah. um and we would be at dinner with someone and even though he wouldn't necessarily pull out his phone he would get in but he would get buzzed totally especially when it became our job all the time and so when we got married, it was just, it was a, it was a thing we really had to work through and yeah. have a lot of communication with. And so I just say that not to throw my husband under the bus, but to say, this is really coming from a heart that has, it's not like Tried it's coming really easy walk to the you. It's yeah. not like yeah. you're someone who's like, eh, the phone, whatever. It's yeah. like, no, this was really, opposite. really unhealthy and this is our job. And I've really had to learn certain boundaries of how to have a healthy place in it. And I will say I've never, that wasn't my story, yeah. but I feel like the last year it's just been like creating a lot of anxiety in me or mm-hmm. not having good boundaries or really seeing my heart wanting to consume and consume and consume and not be content. And I feel like just in the last couple months, the Lord has really been taking me on a journey of just checking my heart and like, yeah. Lord, I just, I want you, I'm checking, what am I watching? What am I filling my mind with? Even if it's super good stuff, like, am I consuming more than I'm wanting to just be with you? Am I wanting to fill every margin space instead of having silence so I can hear from you? Am I, you know, is my walk with the Lord suffering or is it growing because yeah. of the phone? And how am I treating it? Is it a tool or is it um, something that is just creating a lot of anxiety in me? Because I, my personality tends to struggle more with it, with anxiety and the Lord is really working that through with me. And I'm wanting to not make an agreement of like, oh, I just always struggle with anxiety, but I am starting to see that the phone needs to be put in its proper place, especially with my particular personality. Totally. Is that a good way to say totally. it? And so maybe we should have started there, but I just wanted to say that of like, here's where our heart is coming mm-hmm. behind it. Like it's not just research and these are really good things to set in place, but like, hey, this is our this is where we're coming from, our heart behind yeah. it. And um, and so we hope that it encourages you and just kind of helps you to set on a journey of being intentional with your phone instead of just being reactive to this tool. Totally. And I'm actually really glad she said that because I feel like, um, yeah, I don't ever, I, like the reason, this sounds pretty intentional to people and I don't know many people who kind of have like a tech manifesto. The reason we do is because I think this is true of everything in life. Once you actually get burned by something, then you very much don't want to get burned again or whatever. Like, or a better way to put it is like, we, we saw right in front of our face, the bad effects of it. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was getting, you know, like I, I was, this, I was, I'm a tech head. So I had the iPhone before everyone else. I was on Instagram before everyone else. And we're talking like, it's a decade now probably. So I was, you know, 2009 and like 2010 where like, so we're talking nine, 
10 years ago where, yeah, I, you know, I was that prototypical husband at 21 or 22 where it's like, I'm just on my phone, not talking to her. And she wants to, she wants to hang out and talk. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing something like just that terrible. Like, especially then when it's your job, it's like, well, where are the boundaries? Totally. Like, when do you shut off? Totally. And now I it see that. Tricky. I'm like, oh, that is just like, if anyone, yeah, if anyone, but, but I have to have empathy and sympathy because like I was in compassion because that was totally me. And so I think, but I think that's actually what took us on this journey of intentionality of like, we just saw like, oh man, like, and, and I, I say this with everything, even when we talk about rhythms and Sabbath and like anything, once you start following the breadcrumbs and you like test and it gives you that feedback of like immense joy that the thing before wasn't giving you, then you just want to lay another brick on that, another brick on that, another brick on that. And I feel like with rhythms and Sabbath and cadences, we're like that, where we just barely took baby steps. And then it was like, oh, this is incredibly life-giving. And I think the same thing with tech. We were just like, we just, we didn't, you don't, you never really put your finger on it. You're just like, oh, why are we always kind of fighting? Or why are we always kind of not talking to each other? Or we're not doing date nights that much. Or we're not connecting. Or we're not having a ton of hearts to hearts. And you kind of realize, oh, it might be the phone. You start making little rules and you're like, oh, this is really life-giving. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, do more. Okay. So put it away more. And I literally feel like I have like a laughable personality with it now where I literally just want to just like, oh, it's got like, get it out of here. Like I just yeah. like, it, like it's the, I've been on both spectrums and now it's fun where I'm just like, oh yeah, just turn it off. Just get it out. Just put it away. Like, um, but yeah, that's a nine year journey. Yeah. And I will say, I mean, maybe cause it's part of our journey, but I feel like it's almost harder to do when you don't have kids because, and you are just married because you're like always together yeah. or, you know, you can just, it's not like you have to be as intentional. And so I think whether you're single or newly married or dating, like be as intentional as you would be as if you had kids, you know what I mean? Does yeah. Well, I think kids, kids are so needy. And I mean, in the best sense of the word, like they have their small children are there. They're, there's no one more with immediate needs. Mm -hmm. I'm hungry. I have to go to the bathroom. I'm dying. I, you know, all these things like, you know, like I, they, they will, if you don't take care of their immediate needs. And so that then is like a trial by fire or like a, you know, like a refinement where you really do like, is, how do I say this? The toddlers almost become more of an immediate need than the fake immediate need of your phone buzzing you. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like in a cool way, it really disciples you into that where you're just like, yeah, you get you're like, man, I really want this. I want to be with my kid. Well, I, I want like to meet. when you, know, you have kids, then you're like, okay, what's our family going to be at? What am I going to be about? What yeah. are our boundaries? But you like, can start that now. You can start that if now. If you are single, yes. if you are engaged or, you know, no kids yet, et cetera. Yeah. So, all right, guys, we love you guys. Let it, this one, I'm really excited to see the conversation on social media. See what you think. Um, hear what you guys think and, and see if you come up with your own. Like, hey, what do you, what are some tricks you do? What are some tips you do? I know some mm -hmm. other people do some fun ones with. Um, they got a work phone and a home phone just so they can kind of separate this or whatever it is. Like, just tell me, I'd love to hear your guys' tips, how you guys walk through this journey of kind of having proper, healthy relationship with technology, social media, and the internet. All right. Love you guys. Bye.